Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Keep 100 Radio is brought to you in collaboration with SkinGrip, the only patch company that I trust with my diabetes devices. I started using SkinGrip about two years ago, and before I found them, my Deathcom would last maybe four or five days before falling off, making it really hard to lift weights, hike with my dogs, or just wanting to do the everyday things that I love. But now I can confidently travel, work out, and navigate life with diabetes without having to worry about dealing with insurance more than I have to, begging for replacements, and resorting to finger parts. Plus, I'm in love with their mission to help us live fearlessly with diabetes. You can check out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save 10% on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Welcome back to Keep You 100 Radio, everyone. I am super excited for this episode, and I know I say that every single time, but I really am, because <laughs> on this episode, we have Isaac Parkinson, who is the owner and founder of SkinGrip, who I'm sure you're all aware is the sponsor behind this podcast. So I'm really excited for you to get to know him and his journey behind SkinGrip. And for those of you who don't know, I've had the pleasure of being their social media manager for the past almost two years, which is kind of insane. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to get to share just what I've seen behind the scenes and just the awesomeness of this brand. So Isaac, like, do you want to introduce yourself and share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all it's always fun chatting with you, Lizzie. But I'm su- I'm super excited about today. Uh, this is the first time we've ever like you know recorded something together. Um, so yeah, like Lizzie said, I'm Isaac Parkinson, the founder of Skin Grip. Um, some call me the CEO, but I just think that's a weird term. Like you know, we're a small business, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I basically just make sure that the uh, that the house doesn't fall down. So um, you know, I uh, I've been I started it back in 2016 um, and we can get more into that and kind of like, you know, how it started and how my family's involved. Um, but, you know, besides building a business, you know, cause business isn't everything. Um, sports are probably my passion. I love to golf, uh, play basketball and play pickleball. If you've never heard of it or haven't played, you should. Uh, it's up and coming fun sport. Um, overall, I just love being outdoors. Um, I grew up, uh, most of my life in Utah. So I obviously skied in the winter and, um, we're just always, you know, doing something outdoors. Um, another thing I'm into is uh, making pizza. So I kind of claim that I'm an amateur pizza chef. Uh, <laughs> I've been making pizzas, um, for a couple of years now, just, you know, during the pandemic in the backyard. And I, I love doing it. It's so much fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I graduated from Utah State University uh, with a marketing degree, and I've just always kind of been interested in uh, building things. So, uh, you know, I've been entrepreneurial. I, I did, had like a wedding uh, videography business for a while, and I, I've done, you know, other things on the side, just kind of through college to make it through. Um, but I just, I love building things that make a difference in people's lives. And so Skin Grip has uh, kind of been that vehicle for me to create and and try to, you know, spread joy and, uh, and other good things to other people the last few years. Um, but when all, when all is said and done, I actually have other dream jobs that <laughs> I'm considering. And uh, one of them is a Zamboni driver. Um, I don't know why, but whenever I go to a hockey game, I just think like, 
wow, I'd love to drive that Zamboni. It's so cool. Okay. Like, you know, what they do and how they clean the ice. Um, and if that doesn't work out, then maybe I'll become a barber or something, uh, just so I can talk to people all day. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of me. Um, oh, and I have one more thing to add though. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know me too well. And so I figured this would be fun to share, but some interesting facts about me are that, um, I actually lived in Nicaragua for two years after high school. And, um, I currently don't hardly ever listen to songs that have lyrics. Um, so I'm very into like jazz and like other music, like instrumental music that doesn't have lyrics. I don't know, you know, why that is like, I love, I do love music with lyrics. Don't get me wrong. I'm not crazy, but just recently I've been really into like the instrumental stuff. I guess I'm just getting old. I don't know. That's something. And I mean, that must be hard with Taylor Swift's 10 minute version of All Too Well coming out. <laughs> you have to listen to it. I know. Well, well yeah, I know. Seriously. It would, yeah. I, my wife has maybe listened to it one too many times. Um, I found out yesterday that she has a sad, uh, autumn sad girl version or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What is it called? I don't know what it's called. But anyways, I found out about that. And, uh, you know, five minutes through, I said, you know what? I can't do this, honey. I'm leaving the room. <laughs> You can listen to the sad girl version, but I've already listened to hours upon hours of all too well. So <laughs> you have to have both versions. Like you just have to. And with like this time change, like seasonal depression, like it just ties it all together. Like it's right. Yeah. I'm just waiting for spring version. So hopefully that one's a little more happy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. But that's, yeah. You said that there's going to be some things that I didn't know. That's, that's a, a lot. I'm a little bit surprised by the Zamboni driver comment, but not totally surprised because on our team calls, you, consider yourself the janitor of the company so like true, I feel true. like it, it ties together pretty well yeah I'm a simple man I uh I mean I love doing cool things but I don't aspire to too much like I think that the janitor or the Zamboni driver is just as important as you know the CEO or the hockey player you know what I mean so yeah that's kind of that's kind of my brain <laughs> hey I mean jack of all trades <laughs> there you go absolutely absolutely <laughs> but you're actually one of the few people on the show that don't have diabetes and i feel like maybe some people don't know that because skin grip is a they tailor to the diabetes community but do you mind sharing a little bit about your connection to diabetes how it's impacted your family yeah absolutely um it's it's true. I, I don't have diabetes. Um, my it's my brother Josh that was diagnosed back in 2013, um, and at the time, this obviously came as a shock to everyone. Like he was exhibiting a lot of the symptoms that you know we talk about with diabetes, um, but because we just didn't, didn't really have any experience with it, uh, we didn't know what was going on. So for weeks on end, he was. I mean, he was exhausted. He was so thirsty he was he was you know obviously going to the bathroom a hundred times a night you know I'm, I'm being kind of uh facetious there but you know he he was like showing the symptoms and we just didn't catch on mm-hmm. and um it was actually kind of scary he uh so he was like laying in bed for like days uh like you know just couldn't get up he was just sleeping all day and one morning his heart was just like racing and uh he got really scared and you know went to my mom and they rushed me to the hospital and, uh, you know, they did some quick tests and they're like, yeah, you, you'd probably have diabetes. And they, you know, they, they rushed him down to a, to a, a specialist in, in Salt Lake. And 
um, you know, luckily, uh, I mean, he was okay. His blood sugar was extremely high, um, mm-hmm. but they were able to get him under control and he had to stay in the hospital for a few days. And, and you know, he, he went into it pretty, pretty hopeless. And after, you know, being in the hospital, he came out a little, a little more confident. Um, he was obviously very young. Um, he was just starting high school. Oh. And, and it was tough because, you know, you know, giving yourself insulin shots and stuff at lunch and, and those little things like, you know, pricking your finger, those little things were tough on him and kind of embarrassing um, from the beginning. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, it, I mean, obviously what he went through was much harder than what me or the rest of my family went through because, you know, we were just watching. Um, he was actually living it. But I mean, for us, it was hard just to see him struggling. And to see him, you know, he had some days where he was very depressed. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was really tough. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, not having diabetes, you, you feel a little bit helpless when they're going through something and, and you don't always know what to do. And so obviously like we've been educated over the years, uh, we know better how to help him. And, you know, whenever like our family's together, um, we're very cognizant of like, Hey, you know, have you checked your, your sugars? Like if we're on a hike, whatever, you know, have you, cause he, he's, he's kind of a carefree guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always worry about him a little bit. Um, but we, you know, we've learned so much and honestly, like his life has normalized so much over the years with the, you know, with technology and things like that. Um, you know, now he obviously uses a uh, sensor, he uses a Dexcom and he's an insulin pump. And, um, I mean, he, he honestly, it's amazing the things that I've seen him accomplish now. Um, with diabetes and he, he you know he treats it like like it, like it's not even there right he just kind of moves forward and, and he's doing really awesome stuff so it's been a it's been an interesting journey for us yeah that it's it's really interesting to hear that perspective from a family member because I mean when you're living it you know your experience you know like oh yeah I went through the you know feeling sick and I went through the learning curve but there's also a learning curve for the family members and for the people supporting them it's like what do you yeah. feel like is was the biggest learning curve for you, like specifically, but also like your family? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Like, I feel like, I mean, for me specifically, um, one of the biggest learning curves is just like understanding like what, what's good, what's bad. Um, Cause there's like a lot of stuff out there that, you know, you, you like a lot of associations you make about diabetes and you think, oh, mm-hmm. sugar is bad. Like, oh, Josh, like, don't eat a dessert. Like, don't do that, you know? Whereas it's not technically just like that. It's not just black and white with every single issue, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been a learning curve, just kind of understanding like, okay, like, what what's what are the truths? What are the things that maybe are just like preconceived notions, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and how can I actually, you know, support him and, and help him? Um, obviously like, you know, we can't, can't do everything for him. You know, he's, he's a grown man now, um, <laughs> has to take right. care of himself, but, but we can support him, you know, just by, you know, by letting him know, like we're there for him. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I, I mean, like I said, like when we're with him, you know, we're doing certain activities, just like always kind of like being cognizant of, you know, what's going on and just making sure that, you know, he obviously takes care of himself, but like I said, he's a little bit laid back. So just kind of like, you know, giving him some reminders and just making sure that he's doing good and feeling comfortable with the activities and, and things we're doing. That's, that's kind of like, you know, how I like to, to go with the flow and, uh, you know, help him out. Yeah. It's always nice having that support from family specifically, like, you know, might not know the best way to support them, but like, I mean, my mom, my mom carries like all, 
meet up with her and I'm like, oh, I'm low. And she just pulls out a juice box out of her purse or like opens up her refrigerator door. And she's oh, exactly. like, yeah. like Yoo-hoo. she's like, do you want to take one? Do you want to take three? Like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. Um, yep. <laughs> but you're actually doing a lot more. I think that you're supporting him in a really big way by advocating for him through skin grip so do you do you mind sharing just how skin grip came to fruition how that idea came up like how did it all start absolutely yeah and kind of going back to what you just said um yeah like our big thing is like carrying fruit snacks like he loves fruit snacks so he has like you know a ton of them at his, you know by his bedside and so whenever he comes over whatever, whatever it's just like my wife and i are like okay do we have enough fruit snacks so, <laughs> If that's, you know, if, that, if, that, if that's the, you know, how we can help, we're yeah. happy to do it. But um, yeah, like you said, um, so skin grip, yeah, has been um, a big part of our lives in uh, the last five years. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it got started, you know, in an interesting way. So like I mentioned, I've, I've kind of always been entrepreneurial um, and I've just always had my eyes up for like open opportunities. And specific, specifically, like when I think of opportunities, I think of something like that can change someone's life or, or make their life a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, so back was out when I was in college, uh, I was obviously, you know, doing a bunch of random odd jobs to kind of get by and, and pay for school. Um, but I had a roommate that actually kind of brought the idea of tape to my attention. Um, and I, you know, I ran up past, past my brother. He was obviously like at this point now, finally using like a Dexcom, our insurance finally covered one. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I kind of consulted with him and said, Hey, like, are you having issues with this? And he said, yeah, you know, this is when I see the issues with my sensors falling off. And, um, because we were kind of new to the whole sensor thing, like I started researching more about, you know, the cost of sensors and, and how people use sensors and, and why they're so important. And, um, just, you know, educated myself more on that. And I noticed that, you know, there were, there were, uh, there were a couple like, uh, tapes that were out there that kind of helped with this solution. Um, mm-hmm. But as we tested them on my brother, just, you know, none of them were working. A lot of them were really, really weak adhesives or, you know, they, they just, you know, were almost as bad as the sensors themselves that were just falling off all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I thought, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel with this. Like what we really need to do is make a stronger adhesive for one that can withstand really anything that an athlete might put it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, we need to make it non-irritating because, I mean, if there's anything worse than your sensor falling off, it's your sensor falling off and your skin, uh, you get like a skin burn from terrible, you know, adhesion. So uh, I figured, you know, why couldn't we just fix at least those two problems mm-hmm. and then also form a mission around what we were doing? Because um, like, I, you know, like I said, like, we're not like, we're not Apple. We're not, we didn't create the iPhone. We, we didn't reinvent the wheel we just created a better solution to mm-hmm. a problem that existed. Um, and so with that being said, you know, we, we decided on also a mission and just kind of knew that logistically this, like this item, this product was something that we could make happen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a background in like engineering or, you know, science or any of these, you know, crazy things. Like I literally studied business. And so, you know, making something, uh, simple was important for me, you know, something like that I knew we could do that we could afford to produce on a small scale. And so then once we kind of just decided and we saw the need, uh, I decided we should go for it. And mm-hmm. so um, I didn't have much in savings, but I, I actually put down the first, um, like the money for the first order, um, because it was, you know, it was a risk. And I thought, hey, I'm just, I'm going to try this out. 
uh, my brother, you know, tested all the products. They worked great for him. My sister actually made the logo. Uh, my dad has worked in medical supplies his whole career. And so he's kind of, you know, been the, been the one that's kind of, you know, talked with medical suppliers and he's even talked to Dexcom personally and stuff. And so, you know, the whole family like has, has had a part in it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's been a wild journey, honestly. I mean, it's, I never thought that we'd be now, you know, 2021 where we are. Um, yeah. but I'm super happy about it. And, uh, it, I, I just feel like we have more of a responsibility to mm-hmm. do even more for the diabetes community because of the success that the businesses have. Right. Yeah. And, and to your point, like, yes, you guys made a incredible product. Like I remember when you actually re- like reached out to me on Instagram saying, Hey, can we send you a pack? And I was, I was kind of hesitant because <laughs> I've tried other patches and like, they're pretty, they have a cool design. That's great. But when they fall off, so did my Dexcom. Mm. And you're right. Like exactly. it's super expensive. It's really hard to call up the insurance company and say, I need a new Dexcom because it just fell off. Like it doesn't always fly. So with yeah. the cost, it, it adds up and like that adds the frustrations and like, all right, give it a try. And like, I'm being so honest when I say I've never used another patch again. Like my, my friend has all like bought me another patch company for Christmas, like a pack and I haven't even touched it. Um, <laughs> but that's really because like, it's truly a great product, but what really kind of drew me in as a more of like a loyal, uh, like customer and now working for the company is the mission behind it. So do you mind sharing a little bit more about that and kind of what you bring to the diabetes community that's more than just a, a well-performing patch? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've always said that like uh, the product is great and you, you can't have a business without a great product. Um, no one would buy it, you know, but the mission is, is definitely what sets us apart and like something that I, I'm way more passionate about the mission than necessarily the product. Um, you know, we've, we've received thousands of reviews now and it's always, um, it's always heartwarming to see the reviews of people who say, Hey, you know, this is like, this was my life before skin grip. Like I, I didn't go in the ocean with my kids. I didn't play with them. You know, I was worried about losing the sensor because I can't afford to replace it. And, you know, this is my life now. And, and they talk about, you know, the things they're doing with their kids or, or, you know, whatever it may be. And it always brings tears to my eyes. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the kind of, um, that's the kind of vision that we have is make more experiences like that in the lives of other people, specifically with the product. Now, um, I've always been like really into, or I've always admired brands that tell a story. So you think of like, you know, the Nikes of the world or whatever that tell stories, right. Um, I, I, I just love how that, you know, brings everyone together and, you know, it gives like the brand an actual like identity and it it makes you just, you know, when you think of the brand, you think of uh, maybe good memories that you've had um, with that brand or with the product, whatever it may be. Um, And so after the first year of business, that's kind of when we like, we really decided that we're going to go all in on it. Um, So like um, we rebranded the packaging uh, we, did, you know, we branched out into other, uh, products for different devices and different colors and things like that. And it was at this time that I began personally to start thinking really deeply about the vision, um, and just like the whole mission of the company. And, uh, you know, like I, I read a lot of books, I, I thought, okay, who's, you know, who's our target audience, what matters to them. And it was at like a seminar 
that um, we were watching like some different advertisements or, or some, you know, of different companies and just like some things that, you know, certain companies were doing. And like the words live fearlessly came up on one of the ads. And I thought those are the two words that I would describe our vision. Like, you know, I want people living with type 1 diabetes to be able to live fearlessly. And so the whole vision now, um, literally word for word is when individuals living with diabetes feel fearless, they can accomplish the extraordinary. And I truly believe that like, I mean, like you mentioned, I don't have diabetes, um, but I've, you know, I have many people in, di you know, in my life who have diabetes, whether it's my brother, um, you know, aunts and uncles, cousins, like there are many people in our extended family that have type 1 diabetes. And I've seen many of them and others like yourself do accomplish amazing things. You know, even though you have the card stacked against you, um, you know, by living with this disease, like you guys are still able to go out and do these amazing things. So I, I personally look to type 1 diabetics as superheroes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like, you know, if, if skin grip can at least, you know, help others like feel fearless, then those people will go out and do the amazing things that the world needs. Um, and so, you know, one thing that we want to do is we want to support, we want to support as many type of diabetics as we can, whether it's, um, you know, through giving to charities that um, make insulin more accessible, or, you know, whether it's donating patches to, to people in other countries who don't have the same, you know, um, resources that we may have, whatever that is, we want to be a part of it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to do the best we can. Yeah, I that's just the the real the the biggest thing that drew me into skin group was that mission because again like when we're first diagnosed that's kind of the whole diagnosis is fear like we feel like I mean personally and I just said this on the other episode that I recorded but when I was diagnosed I remember literally thinking to myself I do not want to live this way and it was terrifying to one acknowledge that and to kind of look ahead and say I have this whole life in front of me with this diagnosis. So even if it's just a, just a patch, quote unquote, like you're giving people kind of something that they can step into. Like when I put on my patch, I'm wearing it right now. Like when I awesome. put that on, <laughs> I remember that like, wow, like I can do this. There is so much more that I can do now because one, yes, I don't have to worry about my devices, but also there's a brand advocating for me in a way that like, maybe I didn't see myself living that way at first but now I know that's possible I see other people doing it I'm I'm seeing examples every single day from other people on social media and just you know day to day so you really are giving people so much more than just a, a good product it's a way to a way to live their life and step up and say I can do things that maybe I didn't think that I did before but when we're looking at so you're at the like five-year mark, right? You said it uh, was founded in 2016. 2016, yep. 2016, that's so insane. But when you're looking ahead at the next five, 10 years, what's the vision? What do you see for it? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of goals and you know, the, the crazy thing about you know, being in business is that things change every year. Like, you know, we, we could never imagine that we were gonna you know, be in business during a pandemic. Um, and we could never imagine, you know, kind of the opportunities we've had so far to be able to give back. Um, so going forward, I mean, for one, we, we really want to be the global leader in CGM tape. And that, you know, that sounds, you know, um, like, again, like you said, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a patch like for devices, you know, that sounds kind of interesting, but, you know, being the global leader 
for us means, again, spreading this vision and this mission to everybody um, that has diabetes. And so um, we, want, we want a million people using SkinGrip and even more so a million people living fearlessly in their lives and um, doing amazing things, even, even though they have diabetes, right? Um, on, a, on, a, on a bigger level, some, some other things we wanna do is um, we'd like to be able to donate as much as possible and give back to the community as much as we can, um, hopefully in the hundreds of thousands of dollars um, that's that's a huge goal we have, and you know we we're on track to to do that already. Um, you know, the, some other things that may happen is um, you know we've we've had a lot of people reach out from from other markets, right? Not just necessarily in diabetes, but you know we've had we've had the opportunity to actually uh, give patches to you know hospitals and and other companies that are creating uh, creating really cool products for people in need. You know, things that monitor um, the heart and other things like that. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of need for our product in, in other markets besides diabetes, but, but this is the interesting thing is, you know, we started with the focus of helping those with diabetes and while other companies are, you know, asking for our product in other markets, we want to stay true to what we've always done. And so we're not going to, you know, enter a new market unless it's very intentionally with the goal to always give back to the diabetes community. So, this is a really interesting, you know, um, idea. And, you know, I know that many people, you know, um, may not like it per se, but, you know, our goal is if, if we ever do get into other markets, you know, we can use that as a catalyst to then give back to the diabetes community and advance some of the things in, um, in, in diabetes, um, because we're able to give back more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, honestly, for us, the ultimate goal is to cure diabetes. So, you know, wh whether we're giving money to organizations that, you know, can advance the technology in curing diabetes or can provide insulin access to everybody, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we want to use that as, as the main focus and the main goal when we're giving back. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of have like this, like in our family, we have this little manifesto um, that we basically call like our put us out of business manifesto, which is basically like we want to go out of business someday because we want diabetes to be cured. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, like in the business world, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But for us, that would be everything, right? Like, um, I know we have many team members, you know, live with diabetes that have family with, with diabetes. And I think all of us want that. Right. Um, so, you know, I, again, I can't say that we'll ever expand our product line and get into new markets. But um, if we ever did, like the ultimate goal uh, would be um expanding what we can do to give back and make a right. difference in the diabetes community. So I'm really excited about that. And I, I don't know where we're going to end up in five more years, but um, hopefully it's, it's a place that um, we can be super proud of. Yeah. And, and I think your answer right there and the transparency that you give, and it just shows how much you care about the community and you care about the people that you're serving because there is obviously the business outlook of oh this would be a great way to add to the profits and grow as a business but you're like no like we want to give back to the community that we currently serve and I think that's again one of the things one of the biggest things that the community respects so much about skin grip is that transparency and I've been able to see kind of on the back end of how much the brand and how much you and your family care about the community. And I've been able to see like the ways that you give back and the ways that you, you truly are transparent and share your values. So do you mind speaking a little bit on that in those ways that 
like, like we're going to brag about skin grip for a bit, <laughs> but <laughs> like the ways that you give back, the ways that you uh, share your values and share that transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I just, I, I just like, I just personally think like, you know, why would anyone want to buy from a business that wasn't transparent with them? Um, I mean, like, we try to be as transparent as we can. And, you know, I know that not, not everything we do is going to be something that people like. Um, but like, we ultimately do everything that we do with a good heart, you know, and believing that it's going to help the most amount of people. Um, so typically, like, whenever I have an idea for something, like, I just act on it quick, else I forget about it. Um, I think, you know, a good idea is only good for so long. And, um, you know, not, not all the things that we've done in skin group have even been like my own ideas. Um, you know, we look to other brands, we look to other people who we respect and, and we try to do what we can do in our own sphere. So like early on, like I mentioned, you know, we, we created this mission, but um, we, I also wanted to make sure that we were giving back in some way. And, you know, typically like what you'll see with brands is they'll say, oh, like, you know, we give back 1% to this cause or, you know, whatever it may be. And I just wanted, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something more unique for us. And so that's why we created the All for One Day. And um, if, if, you, if people aren't familiar with the All for One Day, what it is, is on the 11th day of every month, um, we give all of our website um, proceeds to charity. And instead of just like choosing one charity to give to every single month, we usually, um, you know, take suggestions or let like our followers vote on where we should donate. Um, and so, you know, over the last few years, we've donated to tons of type 1 diabetes charities. Um, we've also had, you know, cool months like where we'll donate directly to, um, you know, certain people or certain causes. Or, you know, like this past month, we donated to um, type 1 diabetic artists who had their artwork stolen. So we just, you know, we try to do cool things. And, and you know, we, we don't necessarily, you know, have we feel like we're flexible enough where we don't have to say, hey, the money's going to go to this one thing, but it can go to like where the needs greatest that month or at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, you know, one cool thing. But um, the, like you mentioned, you know, we like to be transparent and the transparency idea um, kind of came from just like seeing other brands, you know, in other, in other industries being transparent about, you know, their products and what they were doing, like their mission. Um, and so I decided, you know, one thing that really lacks in the diabetes community, which is awful, is transparency. You know, you have many organizations, many businesses who are profiting, um, obviously, off of uh, people living with diabetes, mm-hmm. but they're rarely transparent about, like, where the money's actually going and, like, are we actually trying to cure diabetes? Like, what's actually happening, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I was listening to Craig Stubing's podcast, and he talked about transparency, and I actually ended up reaching out to him and saying, hey, like, I love what you're doing with, you know, the beta cell foundation, how, you know, you're trying to be transparent. We want to be more transparent and we want to set a precedent for other companies in the space to be more transparent. Um, you know, what, what are some steps we can take? And, you know, Craig actually sent me a bunch of ideas from other companies and other industries, uh, sent me, you know, some of his thoughts and we, we created the transparency page on our website where, you know, you can see exactly like where the product's coming from, what it costs us to make, uh, you know, the product, you know, what our financials generally look like. Um, obviously for, for different reasons, like we can't share every single thing, you know, in the business, mm-hmm. but we can share as much as possible uh, to let people know like what we're actually doing and, um, you know, who we're actually benefiting. So um, 
it, it, again, it's the transparency part of our business is in its early stages. Like I think we can still do a lot more, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we're at least trying to to set that precedent. And you know, we have like on the page we have a little part at the bottom that says you know we challenge every company to do the same in diabetes um, because if, if if every company could be more transparent, then I think everyone benefits. Definitely. And that's what I think something that you do really, really well is that you are constantly listening to the community. You are looking on social media and saying, what are people talking about? What do they like? What do they want from these brands that they're buying from? What do they want to hear? Like, where do they want the money going to? Like, what, what are they looking for? And you are constantly raising the bar. Like I cannot, (laughs) I, I just laugh at like when you mentioned, like, you're always thinking of like good ideas and just kind of rolling with them and how many you just like, you'll just send a text like, Hey, here's an idea. Let's get rolling with it. And that's exactly what like the all for one day was with, um, you know, you, you had heard that there were artists being, uh, kind of not treated well in the community. And you said, Nope, we're going to, we're going to raise the bar. We are going to set this expectation for other brands in that this is how we treat our community. And we're going to, we, we, first of all, want to share more about them and we want to give back to them because they're an integral part of our community. And you're just constantly kind of raising, you're just constantly raising the bar for other, other brands. And I, again, it's something that I respect so much. And I think that so many other people respect so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't know about all the things going on in the community if it wasn't for you. So um, I definitely think that, you know, like I'm very lucky to work with the people I work with, like yourself. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't be what we are without the whole team that we have around us. Um, but like ultimately, like, you know, I, I just think like for someone to own a business or to be part of a business, you know, that's trying to do good, like we have a great responsibility to help. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it makes any sense to not be listening to those you serve, right? Like, right. I mean, it's just good for business for one. But on the other hand, I mean, if, if you're not like, if, if you're not helping the people who you're supposed to be helping, then like, there's no reason to be in business, honestly. Right. What's the point? <laughs> And the diabetes community finds out when intentions aren't pure. So, like, oh yeah, it's yeah, just, I know. <laughs> we're yeah, really we're I, like PIs. <laughs> we find out. Absolutely. But I mean, let's talk about that a little bit more and just your entrepreneur entrepreneurship journey and just in how you like I see it again in how you lead the team and in how you lead in the community and just can we talk about that a little bit and oh, yeah. kind of what inspired how like your leadership and who you look up to um yeah just a little bit more about that yeah absolutely um I don't really consider myself a leader um what what I do like though is making people's lives better so um that's kind of like my north star is how can I make someone's life better and, you know, if we're talking about like the diabetes community as a whole, you know, the way that can make people's lives better, obviously, is, is you know, by making good products, by giving back, but also by hiring the right people. Um, I think when you hire the right people as a leader, um, that makes all the difference. So my, you know, my general rule of thumb is I find the right person and then I get out of their way um, because there's no reason to hire someone who knows more than you do about a subject and then tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether it's customer service, social media, operations, whatever it is, I just make sure that someone shares the same vision for, you know, that we have. And then 
and then I remove myself somewhat, obviously, you know, like you still have to manage the team and, and, you know, have the vision and make sure we're all going towards the vision and the goal. Um, but I, I don't like to be a micromanager. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, a great example is you, you know, I've given, you know, uh, you and many other people a lot of freedom to do, you know, great work. And then it's led to some amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's just kind of my general philosophy. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, a little bit before that, you know, when it comes to the ideas, you know, at Skin Grip, I don't come up with all of them. I'm not like, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> I don't come up with all the ideas around here. Um, but rather, what I try to do is create the, the best environment where people can be their best selves. And then the ideas flow through them. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, many of our great ideas and, you know, our, our campaigns, our initiatives, have come from team members who, you know, they felt comfortable to, to speak up and, and, you know, to, to share with me the ideas they had. Um, and because of that, you know, skin grip and the community as a whole has benefited from it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, again, like it's, I don't think it's too hard to be a great leader necessarily. You just got to have good people around you and you just don't mess things up. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess things up. <laughs> We all mess up in one way or another, but it's all about how you rebound from it and how you come out from it. But yeah, I mean, like I've seen again from working with you in the past two years, it really doesn't even feel like work because you're such a facilitator and like everything feels collaborative. So again, like on our calls, you'll come up and say, I have this idea. What are your thoughts? What, what do you think? What are your ideas? What do you, you want to see from, from Skin Grip? And it's really like, it's a positive environment to be in. And it, again, it doesn't even feel like work. It feels like fun. It feels like our way of branching out and saying, again, how can we create that change in the diabetes community? How can we start those conversations and how can we, how can we create that ripple effect? So again, for anybody listening, who's wondering what that environment is like, it's a very, it's just great. And I think, again, the people that we work with, like you bringing Alicia on the team and like all the people that we have kind of supporting us has only, it's been really great to collaborate with them as well. Um, and has done a lot of good work, I think, within the, the team environment. Yeah. And, you know, if there's anyone listening that has specific skills that they think could enhance, you know, what Skin Group's doing, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, we, we, we don't hire a ton, but, you know, whenever there is, an like, whenever there is a good fit or, like, you know, opportunity, we do hire, you know, uh, out for that position. And, and we really do give a lot of autonomy and, and just kind of having a say for, you know, how we, we want run that role or how we can, you know, make the business better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like you, you asked, you know, who are maybe some of my role models? Uh, no, I, I personally like love reading books. So, I mean, I'm, I'm reading, you know, probably a couple books a month. Um, not always on business, just, you know, kind of whatever strikes me as interesting at the moment, but, you know, books like, you know, how to win friends and influence people and um, start with why have kind of just like been my, you know, like been almost like my, you know, my role models and in, in figuring out how we can, you know, create, create that environment that I talked about where people can be themselves. Um, and, and, you know, other than that, like, I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> great, great TV show if you haven't watched it, but, you know, Ted Lasso, like he's a goofy guy, but in, in the show, you know, he creates an environment where uh, his players can flourish. Um, you know, he's a soccer coach and, and he actually has never been a soccer coach before. He's actually always coached football. And that's kind of, you know, the funny part of the story. But um, I, I just think, you know, it kind of those, those examples of, 
of just creating an environment and then and then getting out of the way and just letting people you know be themselves is, is really what's led skin group to be what it is today mm-hmm. um and i think also a part of that is uh, you, you know you mentioned sometimes we kind of do things that are unconventional like if we have an idea and if it's unconventional we usually double down on it because you know it, it's new it's different like um it, it's not how things have always been done and mm-hmm. so you know, I think of Steve Jobs as like, you know, someone who did this really well, where you know, he didn't think of necessarily like, what do people want, but rather like, what do they need that they don't even know they need? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we, we, you know, try to think in that way as well. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to try our best. Sometimes we'll make mistakes. Sometimes we'll have ideas that are terrible, but, but if we never try them, we'll never know. And, and we're going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a human way to think about it of, you know, no brand is perfect, no person is perfect. And that's what makes skin group so human is that we're able to admit that too. So just all good things. Um, I'm really excited because by the time this episode comes out, we'll be announcing something I think is huge. So yeah. do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, this is, I mean, really, this is one of our biggest announcements when it comes to giving back that we've ever made. Um what we call it is the skin grip uh, T1D scholarship. And what this is, is we're actually giving 20 scholarships um, in the amount of $1,000 each uh, to um, uh, students that are living with type 1 diabetes. So this can be high school seniors or it can be um, students who are in their undergrad. Um, and it doesn't have to, you know, you could, you could be at a university, you could be at a trade school, it doesn't really matter. Um, but you, you know, as long as you have type one diabetes, you're eligible to apply for the scholarship. Um, so, you know, if, if, you know, depending on when this, you know, podcast launches, um, the deadline for the application is March 1st. So you have a few months to, to still apply. Um, you can do that by, um, going to bold.org and searching skin grip T1D scholarship. And you can, I will have a, we'll have a link in the show notes. We'll also have uh, links to the scholarship on our website, on our social media. Um, so we're gonna, we're definitely gonna be talking about it a lot over the next few months. Um, the application is actually really easy. Um, besides putting in some like, uh, you know, details about yourself, um, just you know, for qualifying details. Um, the the only question you have to ask is, how do you live fearlessly with um, type one diabetes? And um, we're asking that everyone submit a video. A short video, you know, less than two minutes about how they live fearlessly with type one diabetes. Um, and we're going to be picking 20 people to win the scholarship. Uh, so we're super excited about it, but that's not all actually. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, one of the commercials, that's not all. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, the cool part is, is actually this. So um, we're, you, we're, we're working with a company called bold.org um, to, to um, give the scholarship to everyone. Um, they help they help us qualify as well as distribute the money um, once the winners have been announced. And something really cool about them is they have this feature where people can contribute to the scholarship. So almost like a GoFundMe, right? Um, so if there are, you know, individuals with type 1 diabetes out there that, you know, have already graduated and maybe have some extra income, you know, they can actually contribute as much as they want to this scholarship. So, you know, $5, $100, whatever it is. And that gets added to the pool of money being distributed to the winners. Um, so, for example, you know, if, if 
if we're able to uh, raise another $20,000, then that scholarship now looks like $2,000 for each of these 20 individuals. So um, whether you're a student or, or you're you know, an adult, a parent, um, we invite you to, to either apply or to contribute to this scholarship and uh, help us make a big difference in 20 lives. Um, this is just you know, one of many things we're gonna be working on over the next few years, but I think it's a great start. And, um, and as you know, many of you know, I mean, di living with diabetes is not easy and going to school just makes it that much harder. So we wanna make sure that we're doing all we can to support these up and coming individuals um, in their schooling. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I, Cause you're right, it, it, like, it's a lot. I, I've been a college student with diabetes. It is not easy to manage. There's a lot that goes, there's just a lot that goes into it of studying, taking care of your body in the way that diabetes demands. And then when you add on the financial component of it, going to school is expensive. Accessing diabetes supplies is expensive. Insulin is expensive. You don't have the right insurance. And like, this is just a huge way that Stinger gets to make a difference in 20 lives. And maybe in the future, it'll be more. And it's a way that people get to contribute in a way that's not just like they're, they actually get to see where their money is making a difference and who it's contributing to, where like a lot of you know, nonprofits, like you don't really get to see that direct outcome. Um, so I think it's really unique and really special. Yeah, that's a good thing to, to touch on is, I mean, there, there are really good charities out there that, you know, are, are fairly transparent. Um, but I, I know, you know, me myself, like when I'm thinking about donating to something, I, I am always curious, like, where's the money actually go to? Like, if I were to mm -hmm. get back to my, like the university I went to, do, am I confident that money would go to the student that needed it the most, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, with this, I mean, there's no fees. So like your, like your donation, like doesn't go to the organization that's hosting the scholarship online. It doesn't go to us. Um, it's going directly to the students. And, you know, we're going to have some more announcements over the next few months, but, you know, um, these students like will definitely announce we'll you know we'll share who they are and and with anyone that contributes we'll, we'll also you know share with them hey we, this is who basically you contributed to this is what they're going into this is what they're doing mm -hmm. and you know hopefully in a year from now we can hear back from these individuals on how the scholarship helped them you know and, and hopefully you know a, a year from now we can we can donate more than a thousand dollars to 20 people you know hopefully we can you know you know be able to donate like a whole semester you know, and like be able to pay for a whole semester for 20 individuals. I don't know. Uh, we'll see where we get. But again, like that's, that's, that's the goal we're going for. And um, in order to do so, obviously, you have to do good in business. But well, you know, we don't want to do good in business if we're not going to do good in the community. Right. That's so huge. And like you mentioned, I'm going to put the links in the show notes. We'll have all the links on social media. And um, obviously, keep sharing about it and keep talking about it. Because I think this is probably one of the biggest it is the biggest thing that we've done, at least since I've been working with the team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Thank you so much for talking about that. Is there anything else that you want to add about Skin Grip yourself? Anything? No, I mean, if, if you know, if people haven't heard about Skin Grip, um, I'd say just, yeah, go to the website, try a free sample. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you hate the product, I'm not going to be offended. Um, you know, I know that, you know, different tapes work for different people depending on you know their skin type and like their like the environment they live in so again you know even if you don't love the product like just join us on the mission you know help us spread spread the mission of living fearlessly 
and uh, help, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can do great things and we need everyone uh, to play a part in that. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Lizzie. It's, it's always a pleasure chatting, but it's, you know, I think it's the first time, like I said, we've ever recorded anything while we're chatting. So yeah, no, this is <laughs> awesome. Thank yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I can't wait for this to, to show, to air. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. I hope that you loved learning about our sponsor behind the podcast, Stingrip. And if you are eligible for the scholarship, go ahead to their website, stingrip.com or their Instagram account at stingrip and go ahead and submit an application by March 1st. We're so, so excited about this. And if you still haven't tried Stingrip, go ahead to stingrip.com and use the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E at checkout to save on your order.